when we're facing these injustices, we have to do things that care for our souls, that nourish us. And for those who identify as followers of Jesus or wherever you're at, we can tap into those spiritual practices. But he was very clear to say this isn't just for those who identify with a religious group or following. This is for humankind. the Desert Voices podcast, spiritual conversations about thriving in the desert. I'm Holland Fields. And I'm Shalene Kendrick. We spark curiosity and boldly explore spirituality to contribute to human flourishing. Let's get curious. Let's get bold. Friends, it's the week before the election. And we want to talk about what it means to slow our role. Shaleen and I can get our heads spinning and we realize we want to stop, we want to breathe, and we want to decide now how we are going to be, live out our true nature as the election results come up. I love that. And I love the idea of how are you going to show up this week? And the Mm -hmm. first question we have for each one of us to contemplate is what does it look like for you to show up in election week connected to your true nature of empathy and compassion? You know, Holland and I talk often about growing up in a conservative paradigm, and a lot of that has been infused with Calvin philosophy that says that we are broken and separated and that our true nature is evil. Our true nature is anger. Our true nature is divisive. Imagine my surprise. And I I also want to just quickly say I wasn't just taught that, but I chose that for myself. So I'm not a victim of that teaching. And I appropriated that. And I taught that often until I had a paradigm shift. And as I shifted in my faith, I started to read scripture like the contemplatives and the mystics. So I started my narrative, not in Genesis 3 that told me my nature had gotten twisted, but rather Genesis 1, where God created and God saw what God had created and declared that it was very good. Yeah. So what does it look like for you to show up in election week knowing that your true nature is empathy and compassion? And I think it's helpful, too, to pay attention that the people around us to go back that their true nature. Now, they may not be living it. (laughs) It may not feel that way right now. But ultimately, that all humanity's true nature is empathy and compassion. Yeah, that's a beautiful word. So we want you to pick up the resource Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. We've said this so many times it will be up on the website. It's one of the most spiritual books I've read. And what's interesting and it is a communication book. And what has been beautiful to me is I have really, really learned how spiritual communication can be. Yeah. So this week show up and stay grounded and connected to your nature of empathy and compassion. I have a brief illustration to go along with that. I know y'all are going to be surprised, but I've been in quite a few Twitter battles lately. And by battles, I mean nasty. Like people, I think Twitter might be like the base of humankind, right? Like people have totally departed from their nature of empathy and compassion. And I have to tell you, when I get on Twitter, I too depart from that nature and I become vicious and nasty. Because if you got to say something short, it takes me a lot of words to say it kind. So if I have to boil it down, it's basically like bitch mode. (laughs) So I'm in this Twitter battle and I was literally up all night thinking about these males that I was going head to head with about hermeneutics and God knows what else. And in the middle of the night, I felt like the spirit woke me up and just said, stop, slow down. 
breathe. Shalene, do not get back on Twitter unless you can do it staying connected to your nature of empathy and compassion. And I realized that I couldn't stay connected unless I knew where that nature was located within my body. And so I did a body scan where you close your eyes and uh, great meditative guides can take you through this. So I did a body scan. And for me, I realized that my nature of empathy and compassion is located in my gut, in that ground of the being. As a woman, it's the place that I would carry a child. It's the place that new things come from. It's the... It just feels like the ground floor, your pelvic floor really is where my nature of empathy and compassion live. And so I'm really learning how not to communicate with others, especially on social media, without having a, a hardcore grasp on that true nature of empathy and compassion. Yeah. Holland, talk to me. What does it look like for you to stay connected to your nature of empathy and compassion? It looks like honestly slowing down. And that's why having this conversation is so important because we can go, go, go and rush, rush, rush. And then you have to defend what you said and follow up on this conversation. And really, it's to slow down for myself to breathe and really collect like, what do I think? Do I even care about this? And if I do, then move in that direction. So... I know when I'm being empathetic and living from that depth of compassion, when I move at the pace of peace. Mm, That's good. I love that. Move at the pace of peace. And another way to say that too is speak at the pace of peace. Yeah. And we're asking each one of us as we head into election week to slow our roll, stay connected to our nature of empathy and compassion, and also fight for the things you care about but do it in a way that leads others to join you. Yeah. Thank you, RBG, for that quote, that I'm not going to back down from anti-racist work. I'm not going to back down from fighting for queer inclusion. And I'm not going to back down about going up against 2000 years of commonly held doctrine and dogma that holds us captive. Yeah. But I am trying. I'm in a lot of therapy, y'all. Don't worry. But I am wanting to do those things while staying connected to my true nature. I was thinking the next part, and we talk about this often, is what does it look like to live in harmony? Because when you speak at the pace of peace and you move at the pace of peace, you still fight for the things that you believe in. But how can you do that while in harmony with others? So that's our next question to contemplate. If you're if you got a pen or paper or this will be up on our website, what does living in harmony look like for you, especially over the next two weeks? And we're not like music buffs in any way. But when I think of harmony, I think of a symphony. I think of this picture of you have all these different instruments and they're playing different notes at different times, which when you think about it in that sense, you go, oh, that sounds chaotic. But if you've ever been to a symphony, it could bring you to tears because it's like all these pieces being played together to bring this beautiful sound and experience about. And so that's where Shalene and I are passionate about saying, hey, be who you are. Be so true to who you are while also learning to live in harmony. Learn when you play that beat, when you make that note, when you play loud, when you play soft Um, and not to ever hide yourself, but to pay attention and live within the surroundings around you to play to live life in harmony, you know, and right. and to go on record, Holland and I do not have this figured out no. that the journey is the point. And Holland and I are learning alongside of you. Ask anyone that knows me. God help us all. I do not have this skill nailed. But self-awareness is the key here that I often can recognize when I am out of harmony. The problem is I just don't care. 
So for me, you for do me, care. Yeah. After the fact, like after I just rip like, someone oh. to shreds, I'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Are you laying bloody and beaten on the floor because of my verbal assault? Damn. I think I'm sorry, but I might take time for me to actually be sorry. So know yourself well enough to know that. So for example, I know that I am bold and fierce and I still lack self-control on a regular basis. So for me this week, I need to take extra care, self-care to stay connected to my nature of empathy and compassion because I can depart that thing like like that. Yeah, I think a healthy tool that we've both practiced is that when we feel that rage or that angstiness or when we're agitated, that we would just pause, that we would understand that nothing needs our immediate attention in this realm that we're talking about. Yes. If your kid's running into the street, that needs immediate attention, run and grab them. But an email, a Twitter response, a nasty comment from a family member, They actually don't need your immediate response. So we can pause and wait Mm -hmm. to step in back into that symphony if we're going to use that metaphor. That's absolutely right. And my best, one of my best friends, my soul sister, Kara Johnson, always reminds me because I always need reminding, pause when agitated. So this week, as you go into election week, recognize when you're agitated and pause. Yeah. So that you don't react but rather you can come from a place of response, which is a very different thing. It is. What does it look like to respond to friends and family in these chaotic times as opposed to reacting to friends and family? Mm -hmm. And our hope is this week, let's just make a commitment with each other. Let's make a commitment not to blow up any relationships this week. Yeah. It doesn't mean some relationships don't need blowing up because God help me, they absolutely do. But perhaps just this week, we could (laughs) slow our roll Create distance from those you know you have a hard time controlling yourself with or distance from those you know that are toxic for you or to you. This is a good time. Distance is good and healthy and engage with those that are life-giving. So look for places that are going to encourage you and that are going to bring you comfort. And that doesn't mean people that you agree with. It means people who care for your soul. Yeah, that's really good. A commitment that we're taking this week is that we're going to actually back off personally in our Desert Voices social media accounts, but we're going to kind of, we're going to not be engaging on social media for this week. There's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of great things that inspire me on social media for sure. But I know myself, I I will get caught up in that noise and want to respond and fight back. And so Shalene and I, similarly, we're going to we're going to step back for a week and we encourage you to to watch the social dilemma and and maybe consider doing that for yourselves, too. And we're not saying don't stay informed. Definitely be informed. Go to, you know read news articles, (laughs) watch the news if you need to. And you should, you should stay informed. So watch, watch certified news syndicates and watch a variety of them that all take a different spin on it. But as we talked about last week with Charlie, that really is your best source of news. Definitely. Like Holland said, go watch the social dilemma. And it was so eye opening to me. I'm not saying it's all fact, but I am saying the research and perspective that they gave was terrifying, terrifying enough for me to say, I need to step out of the chaos and the frenzy. And I need to make sure that the algorithms on my social media aren't just putting me back into a silo or an echo chamber. And so part of my commitment this week is to step back from social media and to read a variety of perspectives, not just the ones that I agree with. And here's the key to that. When you go read somebody that you know, you're not going to agree with, you have a choice to read it 
looking for points of connection and looking for ways that their work resonates with you, or you can read it from a place of defensiveness and aggression. Like, so I, I gotta be really honest. I often read conservative scholars, biblical scholars, looking for all the ways that I disagree with them and dislike them and how to disprove them. As a practical theologian and deconstructionist, I'm looking for ways that I can point out why this is unhealthy or where this has gone wrong. So my work, my growth point, my stretch point is to read conservative biblical scholars from the viewpoint of, What can I resonate here? What can I connect with here? What is good about what they have to say? And the same is true for political. If you're conservative, read the liberals that you supposedly despise. If you're liberal, read the conservatives that set you on your heels and do it from a place of wanting to find points of connection. Yeah, that you would step in with an open heart and you may disagree, but at least your heart is is at peace and open. And if you go back to that idea that like even your crazy uncle sending you an article that you might disagree with, you're starting from a foundation of believing that at the core of this person's identity and the person who wrote this or filmed the video that they are good. And that helps me to connect and be like, oh, we're all human beings in this. Yeah. And more than likely, unless they're a psychopath or sociopath, they want good. Like they want the best for our country. We just see what might be best from very different perspectives. And I'm I'm speaking to myself on that. That's very hard for me to do. Yeah. So we're going to wrap this up. We want to keep this short and we want to keep this slow. But Holland, I'd love for you to share with us, Michael Barnet. We are obsessed with this new spoken word artist. He's unbelievable. New to us, us, but he's been around for a while. And we also encourage you along with watching Social Dilemma, go where it's on our website, a link to his music. Go listen to the song Water. Mm -hmm. I I ball. And, And Holland, you also have a favorite song. Tell me about it. Micah wrote this song called Freak Show. And actually, there's a podcast where he's on RTN Theology and Liz Weiss is interviewing him. And he talks more in depth about this song Freak Show and how it came about. So go listen to that because it's fascinating. But essentially, it's this idea of that all these people that you would assume would be in opposition find themselves together in heaven. Yeah. And that it carried me through some of the hardest times the last like the last few years that felt very divisive. I felt like I was going through this divorce and not with my husband, but <laughs> it just felt like relationships were pulling apart. And this yeah. song brought me back to hope. And so Micah does have this new book out called Here Comes This Dreamer and has this little phrase that he he says a lot too that says you fight evil with poetry and i think regardless of where we land in the spectrum of politics or spirituality that 2020 has thrown us into this place of hell feeling yeah it it feels like hell it feels like everywhere we turn there's such deep pain and evil happening around us and micah just in this conversation he had with Liz Weiss, for me, it's what I needed, but reminded us that when we're facing these injustices, we have to do things that care for our souls, that nourish us. And for those who identify as followers of Jesus or wherever you're at, we can tap into those spiritual practices. But he was very clear to say this isn't just for those who identify with the religious group or following. This is for humankind, that we would recognize that this has been an intense year and that or just anything that we're going through is intense. Then we would do the things that nourish our souls. And for Shalene and I right now, it's literally slowing our roll and it's pausing 
Right. And I I encourage you, I have some amazing atheist friends who are some of the most deeply spiritual friends that I know. Yeah. And I have a Muslim friend who just texted me two nights ago and he said, girl, you're my spiritual sister. And so we're, Mm. we're wanting you to come from this place of this interfaith place and and interfaith might be no faith that wherever you land on the spectrum of spirituality, that there's a place of groundingness for you. That you can stay connected to whatever is your higher source and yourself and your community. And so we're wanting to move forward that you would identify what does spirituality look like in your life? How do you stay grounded to it? And what do you need to make it through the next two weeks? So we're going to end with this. Some practical grounding practices are this. First, call your therapist. Call your therapist, call your spiritual director, your life coach, call and make an appointment in the next two weeks. If you're looking for someone, call us. Both Holland and I have our own private practices that we want you to stay connected to your true self and and call someone who's trained to help guide you back to yourself. Totally. Decide now not to blow up your relationships this week. (laughs) We can wait to do that. Yeah. And I do think also in that in that idea of deciding now, but whatever happens in the election, decide the person you want to be regardless of who wins or who loses. Do you want to be someone that has empathy and compassion on the person who voted opposite of you, decide now how you're Mm -hmm. going to engage. Yes. And decide now what your self-care practices are going to be if the person that you desperately want to win loses. Yeah. What are you going to do to take care of yourself? Because for a lot of us, that's going to be deeply painful, no matter which side of the the aisle you're on. And so figure out now how you're going to respond, not only to other people, but what do you need to grieve? What do you need to deal with the fear and anxiety that will boil up inside of you if the opposite party wins? Yeah. And the next thing is Holland forest bathing. You're, you have a book. I have a book. You need to go get this book. My mother in love Kirby Kendrick. I love, love you with that. all my heart. She showed up on a rafting trip with this random book that called it's called forest bathing. <laughs> and my initial response is always to laugh at people when they come with weird things. And it's been one of my most favorite books ever. So it's going to be on the website, forest bathing. Essentially, the premise is get out in nature over these next two weeks. Let God's first cathedral nurture and care for and heal your soul as you slow yeah. your role. Yeah. And wherever you're at, like, I live in Flagstaff, so thankfully I get to go out and look at the pine trees. But wherever you go, you can go outside and feel the air. You can see the sun. Go be outside and take a deep breath and see what noises and nature is calling out to you. Let it let it just have a little date with nature. Go lay in your backyard. Yeah, with no expectations. And then something that we've been doing (laughs) every night now is Shalina and I are washing our faces. This sounds so simple. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) We're not selling any products right now, but really just to take two minutes to just wash your face. And Shalina, you said this really beautifully, but that it's this symbol of washing off the day and going to bed and then starting fresh. Yeah. And quite honestly, I don't, I don't shower regularly in case you're all wondering. (laughs) So if we hang out, so just so you know, so I, I don't know, I feel like a cat. I don't love water. And so sometimes washing my face at night, I'm so tired after four kids and working full time and school, all the things. And so last night I didn't wash my face and I have to tell you it. I don't think the dirt on my face mattered all that much because I'm, you know, a fairly dirty person in general. But the symbolism, I felt it like I woke up today going, damn, I'm 
I still got yesterday sticking to me. And so I washed my face this morning. And so we encourage you come into this practice with us. Come wash your face with us. Come wipe off the grime from the day. Let your body rest. Let your soul rest. And let's start anew the next morning for all things are made new when the sun rises. And I love this last one, but for every person that you are angry or agitated with, create a list of what you appreciate about them. Right. I am grateful for... And you might have to dig deep. Right. So I am grateful for this person for, you know, like I'm thinking of a family member who constantly wants to, you know, (laughs) argue with me. But you know what? I am grateful that they bring me back to a place to go research and really learn and know that what I'm saying, I believe in. Amen. I am grateful that they push me to know what I am saying. I love it. And the last one is this. We're going to leave you with your breath. I was fascinated with, I can't remember which commentary I read this in. I apologize. I'm the terrible resource provider. I'll go find it. But I do know Nadia Boltz-Weber speaks to this slightly, but I'll go find the original source I had. But it's this idea of breath that the ancient Israelites, when they were speaking of God, that the name of God was so holy that they would not put a name to it. And so they picked a name, Yahweh, that replicates the inhalation and the exhalation of breath. The idea and the spirituality behind that is that you say the name of God with every breath you take. More importantly, you are physically connected to God with every breath you take. And the beautiful thing about that is there's not a Christian way to breathe or a Muslim way to breathe or a black way to breathe or a white way to breathe or a male or a female that all humankind are connected to the spirit of divine goodness with every breath they take. So if you can't think of anything else kind to say about the person in front of you or on TV that you despise, maybe you can look at their breathing and say, I don't, I don't understand. But somehow, some way, quantum physics tells me that we are all connected, whether we want to be or not. So how can we connect from a grounded place? How can we connect in a healthy way? And how can we connect by staying connected to our own nature of empathy and compassion? There is a nation my people came from It's supposed to be my home Open my mouth and I am a stranger Everyone hears it in my tone As I fumble through the language Father wrote my mother poems And I wonder Is there a place where I belong A place where I belong There is a nation I'm born and raised in It is supposed to be my home I am a stranger here in my own land Everyone hears it in my tone Speaking Spanglish with an echo of an island I don't know all my features Tell my neighbors I'm too other to belong Where is the water? Where is the sand? Where is the sky? And where is the land? Where is the nation? Where is the flag that treats me as
People been here for generations. Still, I'm unsure if we'll ever belong. Brown versus board of assimilation. Hollow the victory, tokenization. Still in the ghettos, still segregation. Natives still suffering on reservations. I am American, I am as true as it knows. Red, white, and singing the blues. Blacks and indigenous hated by the very nation they built with our ancestors' bones. I am a river polluted with greed and with theft. I am a protest with flesh. I am the thirsty dark children still guzzling lead. Still no one can answer me this. Where is the water? Where is the sand? Where is the sky? Happy election week. We're with you. We're going to be quieter on social media, but you can direct message us or email or text us that if you need a friend, reach out. We love you. Go be free. Flourish. In the spirit of transformation, we reserve the right to evolve, change our minds and make many, many, many mistakes. For resources discussed in this podcast, writings, and partnership opportunities, head to our website, desertvoices.com. Come engage with us on social media at desertvoices underscore SC. We'd love to hear from you and connect with you. To support us and join the movement, it is so helpful to review, subscribe, and share this podcast. You can also support us on Patreon. Until then, go be free, flourish. Flourish.